Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, hello, and welcome, everyone. We are so excited that you're here with us today. This is our March Podcasting Smarter Live event, Maximizing Your Podcast Reach, The Power of Programmatic Advertising. We're so excited to have you here today, and we've got an amazing conversation for you. So my name is Norma Jean Belenke. I'm the head of events here at Podbean, and I'm going to read our intro script, and then we'll jump in. So welcome back, everyone, to Podcasting Smarter and our March Live event, Maximizing Your Podcast Reach, The Power of Programmatic Advertising with our Senior Vice President of Advertising, Carrie Tracy, and Senior Vice President of Content and Partnerships, Rob Greenlee, as we discuss programmatic advertising, what it is, and how you can use it to monetize your podcast. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters and experts within the industry. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. And now we'll jump in and get started. Hello. Hey, Norma Jean. It's great to be here, Norma. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Rob. It's so lovely to be here with both of you. Um, So first off, Carrie, I'm going to direct this question to you because it's really technical. (laughs) I want to offer a little bit of an intro to programmatic advertising. So what is it and why is programmatic important for podcasters? Programmatic started a number of years back and it allows uh, media buyers, advertisers to buy in real time. They can display an ad to a targeted audience and targeted content. Originally, the beauty of it is that the ability to track uh, cross-attribution. So programmatic applies to TV, audio, at a home. And if you're running an ad in audio, uh, media buyers will want to see what's the attribution to TV or radio or search. Um, So it allows them to track it much better. Right. Okay. Why is it important for podcasters? Because it, you know it's been a bit of a buzzword, a little bit in podcasting. And so tell us a little bit about the benefits for podcasters. Yeah. I mean, for podcasters, it allows you to build revenue without a sales force, first and foremost. And it allows you to sell your inventory over and above host red ads. It allows you to opt out of certain categories uh, that you may not want to participate in, whether it be alcohol, politics, whatever the case may be. And for certain brands, they may not want to uh, have competing brands in that podcast. It allows you to opt out of that as well. And then thirdly, uh, with unsold inventory, you have the ability to um, really you know, sell it out ultimately. I mean, what you really want to do is maximize that inventory and uh, ProMac allows you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And Rob, let's get into a little bit about um, you know, how programmatic actually works because we're going to have a, a bit of a, a visual demonstration later, but you know, when we're talking about this, it's not necessarily host read ads. These ads are automatically inserted. 
Yeah, the advertiser will will use the tool like we had talked about, and we'll talk more about this later um, to upload their their pre recorded ad spot and and basically traffic that across the network of shows that they bought into based on that targeting that Carrie was talking about, and that enables advertisers to buy fairly wide into a lots of shows in the podcasting medium, which is a big advantage over the host read type of um, ad sales, which has been fairly restricted to really big shows. So what the, what the programmatic capability enables is podcasters at um, smaller download levels to be able to participate in the advertising market and to earn some income from their podcast. And so basically it's basically set your insertion points um, in your content in the Podbean tools uh, and then select the categories that you want to opt out of. Let's say you don't want to have alcohol or politics or something like that in your podcast. You can opt out of that. And the opportunities and the advertising comes flowing through into your show over, over an ongoing period of time. And you basically get a check for that. Um, and it, it doesn't require you to have to do any ad sales yourself, but that doesn't mean that you can't do ad sales yourself and use the other tools that Podbean has as well to, to sell your own ads and to record your own host reads and then use the dynamic ad insertion technology to insert your ads in addition to the programmatic too. So, so there can be kind of like two pieces to this pie that you, you can operate in your show and, but the programmatic is always running. So that's the opportunity of it. I think the other advantage too, Norbertine, is that with programmatic, it allows an advertiser to scale and it's not as time consuming as a host red ad. Host red ad, you have to manage the whole process of reaching out, getting the endorsement, getting that um, uh, uh, recording back. Whereas um, programmatic does with the, Fortune 500 companies, they like programmatic because they can get very targeted, but they can also scale on a global basis. Yeah. So it sounds like for both the podcaster and brands, there's a lot of benefits. So let's let's kind of look at it from both sides. So first, from the podcaster side, Rob, this is kind of what you were talking about, right? Like, you know, we all started because we love podcasting. So let's say, I think the the one that we always use as an example is a fishing podcast, right? Podbean <laughs> is a fishing podcast yeah. example. So let's say, you know, I have a fishing podcast. I like to reel them in. And, um, you know, if I'm a podcaster, instead of, you know, having a host read ad or going out to individual brands or companies to sell my ads, I can just say, this is what I'm available for, right? Maybe I don't want to advertise products that um, are related to alcohol or gambling or politics. There's a lot of specific categories that you can hone out, but I can set those preferences. I can say, hey, these are the spots I've got available. And then at Podbean, we just fill them, which is really cool. <laughs> yes, you, you've set up your profile for your show and then we know what you've authorized for us to, to fill in your show. You know, how many insertion points and things like that uh, that you want in your show. So you're really in charge of, of uh, this offering into your own podcasts. Uh, I do believe that the the opt in and opt out capability of of the genres of ads uh, will get more granular over time. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in general, you know, you set your profile, you say what's available, and then you know you enter the programmatic um, ecosystem in a way, and then carry on the brand side. Right? Let's say you're a bait and tackle shop. <laughs> 
And so if if you wanted to sell your bait right on many podcasts that talk about fishing, um, you know, and and some of these podcasts, what happens also, and and we'll talk about the different ad solutions later that we have at Podbean, including dynamic insertion and our ads marketplace. But specifically for programmatic, um, if you're a bigger company, you may not it may not be worth it to, or even you know the cost benefit to chase down smaller podcasts that may hit specific demographics. So you're able to aggregate reach across multiple podcasts. Is that correct? Yeah. On, on the programmatic side, from an advertiser's perspective, they're not buying individual shows. In some cases they are, but the majority of times they're buying audiences. Yeah. And so, you know, the, we'll walk through that later in terms of the pillars of uh, programmatic, but yeah, you, you're buying audiences, audiences. So you may want to say, I want to target moms who shop at uh, Target and have, you know, under two-year-olds who are interested in diapers. You can get as granular as that when you go through the DSPs. Wow. Yeah. And I, I think for podcasters out there who may have specific audiences, but, you know, maybe they're valuable to multiple brands, but for them, it's not really worth going out to chase down host red ads or to put together campaigns with programmatic. They're able to reach those audiences, help brands reach those audiences. And it's really a win-win for everybody. Yeah. I think the biggest power of, of programmatic for smaller podcasts is that it allows them to get Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies that would never advertise on a single show. But yes, they're interested in buying multiple shows at Target Moms, as an example. Right. Absolutely. And then for larger podcasts, can you, Carrie, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like as well? Because at Podbean, you know, we have our network plans. We have a lot of podcasters who have big downloads, big download numbers. And so how does programmatic specifically work with our network partners and our larger download podcasts? Programmatic is broken out into a couple different areas. You can buy in the open marketplace, or you can buy in private marketplace. So you can set up a private marketplace where you can say, we've got premium inventory and your CPM is going to be at this price, or you've got non-premium, which is going to be at this price. So again, it allows for those podcasts that have you know a sufficient amount of downloads to have advertisers and, and media agencies buy those uh, specific shows in the private marketplace. So in other words, it's it's held just for them. Right, right. And if you're hosted with Podbean, that is something that we we work with you on. So definitely it's it's a benefit of being part of Podbean. Well, Carrie, I want to talk a little bit about how the technology works. So we're going to bring in a graphic. <laughs> if you can walk us through it, it's a little bit big. It might cover our faces. But I want to talk a little bit about the technical side of how programmatic works because it's really interesting about how you know the DSPs and the SSPs work. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pop this graphic up, and then if you can walk us through it and talk a little bit about um, the technical side of how programmatic works in terms of technology. So um, there's the advertiser on the left, that good-looking guy there. <laughs> Brands and advertisers will uh, partner up with some of the big DSPs, and that's you know the Trade Desk is typically the name that will pop up, one of the larger ones. As a DSP partner. You will put that example in that I used earlier that you want to target, you know, moms with kids who shop at Target who've got under two year olds. They'll put that into the DSP dashboard and you'll bid on a, on what your CPM is. That will go out to the ad exchange and keep in mind, this is all in milliseconds. It's all in real time. So 
if the DSP uh, wins the bid, in other words, the, the CPM is high enough, then it will go to the SSP. And that's so the DSP is demand side, it goes through the ad exchange, uh, SSP is supply side, and that will go out to the, the podcast himself. And they'll send those tags out. The podcast or the publishing network will tell you what's available. That, and it, you know, within all those parameters, again, the bid's high enough. It will send it back to the DSP, and you know, essentially, you've you've got your buy in a matter of you know seconds. Yeah, Carrie, I was going to say, how long does this entire process take? Because it's very technical, but I think it happens very quick, almost like stock trading. Yeah, is that is exactly it. So it's it's the same concept as New York Stock Nasdaq uh, Exchange. Wow. So. I mean, that's really incredible right? when you think about, you know, when you have your podcast out there, because when someone's listening, right, to a podcast, it's it's something where you don't think that in almost real time and very real, real, in very near to real time, they're able to, you know, bid and and create and secure that that agreement. So that's amazing. Just incredible. Programmatic has been around, you know, on the digital side for display, uh, radio and TV. Your display has been around for probably seven, eight years, but uh, TV and radio, it's, you know, um, for the last couple of years. And audio programmatic is is fairly recent um, because it was it didn't have the ability to track as well as it currently does. So um, it's still early on, you know, but it's it's a huge step for brands, media agencies, and most importantly, podcasters. I mean, it allows them, as we've said earlier, you know, to sell their um, inventory at the price they basically want, you know, and not having uh, the cost of building out a sales team. So it's, you know, just a huge advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And just seeing this graphic. So we'll just walk you guys through it one more time. Carrie, this is is really incredible. So, you know, we've got the advertiser here on the left, like you said. And then, you know, they bid on the ad request. They make their bid, whatever it is, right? Per CPM. And a CPM is a cost per thousand impressions. We talk about this all the time at Podbean. It's a pretty standard um, unit of measurement for advertising. So it, it's it's a French term. So if you see over here where it says bid, and then it says 250 CPM in the middle above ad exchange, that would be $2.50 per thousand impressions, right? And then it goes to the SSP, right? And then, you know, obviously to the ad slot. So if you're a podcaster and you have your podcast and it's published and someone's listening and you've registered for programmatic, so <laughs> when you've done all that, once you're in the system and, and things are rolling, this happens almost automatically, right? You've set your parameters, you're you're ready to go. And it's something where the technology really enables you to just hit the ground running. So for brands and for podcasters. So this is really incredible, Carrie. Thank you. I want to talk next a little bit about how the targeting works for audiences, because I think a lot of people have questions about that. Um, obviously, with podcasting, you know, we're not collecting data on listeners in the same way that other media is. And so how does targeting audiences for programmatic work? And like you said, you know, we can target, you know, like you said, maybe moms in, uh, I forget where you said, a state, you know, who are shopping at Target that want to buy diapers. So it's, it, you know, in terms of that honing in on a specific demographic target, how does that work? Currently in the past, you could target at least on the ads marketplace, you know, you, you you could target by geo, you could target by genre, you could target by individual podcasts. But with the ability of programmatic, the, the other pillar, which we didn't mention, uh, part of that uh, visual is DMPs. And D, DMPs are data management. 
platforms. So they pull in data, third-party data from whether it be Nielsen, that's one of the biggest ones, but essentially it will um, pull the IP addresses and will be able to um, decipher the, the um, if, if they have enough downloads, uh, the composition of audience for that particular podcast. So there's no privacy issues involved. It's not like we're going to know that Norma Jean buys, you know, diapers at, you know, Target or, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just that uh, same or even less so than a lot of digital advertising is, is doing out in the marketplace. And I, I think it's also just something that's just so important to talk about because a lot of podcasters really value the the anonymity of the medium. I mean, we all want to know who our listeners are, right? We want them to support right. our podcasts and buy merchandise and all that from the podcaster side. But I think overall as a medium, it's something where people have always had that ethos around podcasting as well. So it's really nice to hear that. The other thing is that with the larger media agencies, you know, in order for them to buy going forward, they need that data. So in the RFPs now, they're asking who your data source is in order to see most buys in the past. And it's been amazing how much uh, media has or how how much podcasting has been bought based on self-reported data. So, you know, in the past, podcasters would just send out a survey you know, tell me who you are, how much you make, blah, blah, blah. And people would put that together as part of their media kit. And again, it was self-reported. It wasn't really confirmed. It wasn't, you know, clarified in terms of, you know, digging in. Uh, But now with programmatic, you do have the ability to do that. And again, it's entirely up to the the podcasters if they want to opt in or not. Yeah. And that's really incredible from, you know, a brand standpoint as well for, you know, what the benefits that they're going to get out of that targeting, right? So it's they're not just kind of throwing money into the wind right, and hoping it sticks. But it's really something where, um, you know, they're able to really put, you know, put some clear data around it. And like you said, you know, working with Nielsen and a lot of these companies that are really established in terms of data data and data collection within media. So they know what they're doing. They're able to provide those numbers for brands in a, in a way that kind of really makes everybody feel happy. So um, Rob, I want to point this next one to you about the benefits for podcasters in terms of targeted audiences. Because you know, podcasters, like I was saying, they, there is this relationship with anonymity, but there are so many benefits and it, you don't necessarily have to lose your listenership anonymity. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think... Um... I think it's really important for podcasters to be in in as much um, touch with their listeners as they can and get as much information directly from them about who they are and what they're doing. And that's where that gets back to where we were talking about before about self-reporting, which is really usually comes from the podcaster doing a survey of their audience or those kind of things. And that's where that's typically come from. I mean, and I think the big reason for that is that there is a respect for listener privacy in this medium that is in excess of maybe other 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 mediums and there is increasing i think pressure on the podcasting medium to to have a better understanding of audiences that is you know third party verifiable and 
And that will certainly assure advertisers um, that they're buying the correct audiences and there's a better better likelihood that there will be a better ROI for them, which will encourage more buying and more campaigns and things like that. But there are other elements that are starting to evolve in the medium too or, or around uh, using transcripts and things like that um, to help target uh, content too. And now a lot of that hasn't been fully deployed in the medium, but it's coming. And, and I think that the targeting aspects are, are going to actually be better over time. And so I'm excited about um, what can come from that and the various uses of transcripts that could be utilized to help the podcaster as well as the, as the advertiser or, or those buying into uh, host reads or the programmatic side. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about audience trust as well. I mean, that's such a big thing. And so, you know, as a podcaster, you want to maintain that audience trust. But then additionally, audiences, and and there's proven uh, data on this, (laughs) talking about data, but audiences want to support the brands that support their podcasts, right? Because they want their podcasts to have funding so they can keep listening to them. It's it's very, you know, circuitous. It's it's like the chicken and the egg thing. So there's a pretty high level of brand retention and brand awareness that comes from campaigns and podcasting. So it's, it's a very, you know, it's a personal medium. People have the earbuds in their ears. So it's not like they're listening to their car radio and they may be half listening or something like that. This is a medium that people are fairly focused uh, on the content. So that brand message really resonates. um, But it does sometimes take a little bit of time for for that message to be fully um, memorized by the audience and and be you know converted into sales too, and that's why we encourage longer campaigns to build up that frequency. And that's the other part of of these platforms too, is that it enables that advertiser to to put in the appropriate frequency that they need to get the conversion that they're looking for. The most important thing of um, media campaigns is that you get, you know, proper reach and you get the proper frequency. And typically, you know, it's, it varies from medium to medium. Print is going to be different than TV, than radio and podcasting. Uh, the challenge with a lot of podcasters have in programmatic, I think Rob may have touched upon it earlier, is that if you have too many um, uh, ads running or if they're running back to back to back, it's, it's just it's too much. It's overload. And if anything, you know, it's going to turn off a uh, consumer uh, and you have the ability on Podbean as with uh, a lot of DSPs, but with Podbean in particular in the ads marketplace, you can cap your frequency. So you can say, I only want to run three per week or, you know, uh, however you want to run it. But typically, you know, you should probably be getting at least four to six, you know, spots, you know, per week is, um, you know, typically the on, on the audio side, but I think that's important. Um, and I also think I'm not sure if you're going to touch upon this from the transcript, which Rob had brought up earlier in terms yeah. of brand safety. Uh, were you going to touch upon that, or you want to? No, touch please, Carrie, jump in. The power of you know scraping all the transcripts of all the podcasts is that it allows tools out there now to rate almost like, you know, the old time uh, movie where you'd give it a, you know, a G or an R or PG-13, whatever the case may be, you can rank the shows on brand safety in terms of 
what language you would prefer. It's a PNG Unilever CPG product. You may want to have, you know, full on family uh, content, whereas it's a little more of a risque product targeting a younger audience. You can be a little more uh, lenient with the type of content that you want to have on your show. Or uh, I'm sorry, the type of content that an advertiser will be interested in aligning themselves with that you know particular podcast. Yeah, no, that's a really great point, Rob. It's the combination of you know it, I think this is oftentimes said in the medium today. It's you know it's around kind of more probably brand suitability. Uh, I think is the other term that's being used. Brand safety is a component of that, but it's it's really trying to match up the the brand with the show. So there's there's an alignment there that is consistent that um, actually has has similar values to what the what the brand is and and not have inconsistencies there that can maybe drive a negative uh, result for the advertiser and I think that's the thing and and to add another layer of this to what um, Carrie was talking about around what these things are called on the on that is another it's a nutritional label is the other one that's used out there and it's you know, it's like it has various elements of different types of um, content that can be discussed in a podcast. And there's various sensitivities to, you know, if it's politics or if it's a whole whole spectrum of potential topics that can be discussed in a podcast. And it's basically rated on a chart. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So a brand can actually look at that um, across their entire campaign and get an idea of what what that campaign looks like from a a suitability standpoint with their brand. And AI obviously is not perfect. So, you know, there are times where, you know, alcohol will come up and it has nothing to do with the drinking kind. It could be the additional kind, you know, where you're putting it on a scrape or whatever the case may be. So there are those challenges. And I think as we're seeing with, there's a dark side to search. So AI is, you know, still in the early on stages as it relates to even, you know, uh, brand suitability or brand safety. Yeah, yeah. Mistakes can be made. You know, if you think about different types of words and how they're used, it's, it, it becomes really more about context than it does about keywords. So that's the key takeaway. I mean, if you use the word gun in a podcast, uh, it can mean lots of different things, right? So you need to be able to identify what the use is of that word. So you don't flag something that's, is probably okay to for a brand to be in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's so many opportunities for brands, especially with emerging technology, right? Carrie, like you're talking about AI and just to, because in the past, you know, before transcripts became commonplace, which was really only a couple of years ago, <laughs> there wasn't mm-hmm. this opportunity. And so it really is an amazing time for brands to be able to say, okay, this is, and, and not even specific shows. This is the kind of content we want to associate ourselves with and this is who we want to reach and they're able to do that with programmatic which is just incredible like really we're in just such an exciting time for it yeah just to kind of reiterate what you both were saying in terms of ad loading right so for the podcaster you know making sure that you don't overwhelm your audience with ads because as Rob said just to to backtrack <laughs> from that tangent earlier um podcast listeners are active listeners so that's that's just such an incredible experience and then from from the advertising side that frequency right how often are people going to listen to your ad and what's that magic number Carrie like you were saying 
Is it three impressions per week? Is it six? Is it eight? You know, so so just making sure that you reach that balance with your audience as well. And that's just really, really important, I think, as well. And with the technology that we have, you can just so easily do it. Like it's it it's not a guessing game anymore, right? It's not, oh, if we run the ad this many times, this many people may hear it. It's this many people are going to hear it this many times because we we have that technology now. And podcasters, you know, they they have the analytics, the tools to see, you yeah. know, if there are if they're loading too many ads in there, too many pre rolls, mid rolls, post rolls, that they'll start seeing a drop off. So, you know, it's a give and take. They they're trying to understand their audience and they want to do the best for their audience. And as you mentioned, uh, I think in our before we jumped on, you know, quality versus quantity. The last thing you want to do is is overload it and people just are turned off by it. I mean, really retention is everything you want them to come back. So you want to, you know, hit that right, you know, uh, cord of, um, having good quality content and the right amount of, uh, advertisers for the right amount of time, you know, in terms of not too many mid rolls and the right amount of pre rolls. Yeah. Yeah, And it's usually based on the, the duration of the show. So as you, as a podcaster, look at your, your, your episode, what's, what's reasonable. And I think the metric has been, you know, like a couple of ad insertions per 15 minutes or something like that is kind of like a, like a standard in there. And I think if you combine it with like a host read or something like that, I mean, some shows will have pre-roll, some will have post-rolls, some will have just all mid-roll. So it just depends on what the advertiser likes to buy too. And some, I mean, some advertisers like to buy pre-roll. So if you make available pre-roll, then, you know, some advertisers will buy into that and and other advertisers will prefer to buy into mid-roll. So you kind of have that kind of metric too, which is always a, a balancing act too. It, but at the end of the day, really as a content creator, you need to decide um, where you want your advertising and how you want it presented. So you keep your audience and you keep growing and you have trust in your audience, in your show, that you're doing the right thing for them. Yeah. The, the interesting thing that we're starting to see, uh, Norbegin, is that from a value prop, a lot of the media buyers put more value on a mid-roll, and it was typically six, 60 seconds. And, you know, a lot of advertisers demand that, that that's where they want a 60-second mid-roll. But what we're starting to see, interestingly enough, and I think that uh, also speaks to programmatic, where announcer read a listener retention standpoint is is almost it's not as high as uh host red ads but it's getting very close but my point is that the mid rolls had you have to pay more for it but just recently what we've even seen on our ads marketplace is that people are starting to pay more for pre-rolls and typically if it's an hour-long show you know to rob's point it's really up to the podcaster you can control what you want you know how many uh, ad slots you want and what type of ad slots you want. But typically what, what we'll advise them is that if it's an hour show, do two pre-rolls, two mid-rolls, two, you know, post-rolls. And, you know, you can even throw in a, a mid-roll. But again, you have to be careful with how many you want to put in there. Right. Uh, but we are starting to see the CPM rise uh, more recently um, on pre-rolls. Well, those advertisers want to be the first thing that's heard. So that's the... Right. That's the metric of that. So you have to balance that with how your show's produced. Uh, yeah. Some formats are less conducive to mid-rolls. So let's say you're a true crime podcast that, or a storytelling right. podcast, it's a little right. bit 
So those shows tend to have more pre-rolls and post-rolls, but more conversational talk shows kind of thing tend to have them more sprinkled throughout the content. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. And for everybody out there listening, just just to kind of break down some of the jargon, a pre-roll is an ad that runs just at the very, very beginning before your episode starts. A mid-roll, you can select the time within your podcast. You can select the timestamp when you want that to run. And then a post-roll is going to be at the end of your recording. So those are generally the ad slots that people are using. And I want to kind of pivot and talk about the cost effectiveness of programmatic advertising compared to traditional advertising methods. Because Carrie, like we were talking about how, you know, you can really just hone in so specifically. So you know how many impressions you're getting. You know how many people are, you know, actively listening to your ad, especially with podcasting. So how does that uh, change the way that brands are seeing returns? For DR advertisers, And DR means direct response, meaning it's either an 800 number or URL that they have the ability to track it. And so DR uh, advertisers always want the lowest CPM. So they want to cast the net as far and wide for the cheapest amount of money. That's a DR advertiser. A brander is the type of folks that are in the Super Bowl. They're going to pay very high CPMs because they want quality shows and they want to be affiliated or aligned with those particular shows. So that's the major difference between the CPMs. Brands will pay higher, DR guys will pay lower. When programmatic initially came out, people looked at it as almost buying all the remnant, meaning all your unwanted inventory. But that's not necessarily the case anymore, anymore because when you set up private marketplace, and this is important for podcasters to know, is that it doesn't have to be a low CPM. You can set your uh, CPM at a much higher rate. Now, you may not get as many ads, but you can set it you know, at a higher rate. And that, that's the case with a smaller podcast as well. But on the whole, if you had to average it out over the years, programmatic will tend to be less, very targeted, uh, I'm not saying, but in, in that Joe Rogan you know, category. Right, a specific host read one show right, exactly. direct and, campaign with a podcast, a specific agreement with one show. Yeah. Right. And, and the reason being, it's also, it, there's less inventory, so people are willing to pay more. Right, Whereas, absolutely. You know, if you're an up-and-coming podcast, you know, hey, you got to make some money, you know, so we we, right. we understand that and we want to try to get, you know, as many advertisers for you as possible. I think, you know, people are a little more lenient to have a lower CPM to, to kind of fill that space until they can, you know, continue to grow their audience. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of leads into my next question. I want to hear from both of you, but Carrie, I feel like you're on a roll. How does a podcaster and a brand build a strategy for utilizing different ad solutions? So how, how do all these different ad solutions fit together like a puzzle, right? With programmatic and DAI, which is dynamic ad insertion, which we have here at Podbean and and Rob will talk about, um, but then also the Podbean ads marketplace. So how do you create the mosaic of your ad, like as a podcaster and as a, as a brand, how, how do you create that mosaic? Like you were saying in the past, programmatic was the additional inventory, but you know, now as, as that's changing, how are those strategies built? At the end of the day for an advertiser or for a podcaster, which is the most difficult is growing your audience. And, and really you want to grow your audience and you want to sell your inventory at the highest CPM possible. But you also don't want to leave ad slots 
to go unused. I mean, so, you know, typically most folks will go with, you know, the host rate, try to get as many host rate ads as you can in nine times out of 10, there are mid 60 second mid rolls. And then the pre rolls, uh, typically, you know, 20, 30 second spots, they're big on programmatic because they tend to be announcer red versus host red, you know, in most cases. And then older way to do it was was baked in. And I, I don't want to say baked, older way. Some folks still believe in baked in. The challenge of baked in ads is that um, an advertiser can't run a scheduled campaign. In other words, if you have an ad running on during Halloween, it's not going to sound right as it runs. Right. And sorry, Carrie, just to clarify for everybody out there, baked in is when the ad is part of the episode. You're not using any technology to insert the ad. It's part of your main episode audio. So it stays in the podcast episode for the whole duration of your time as a podcaster. And the ad solutions that we're talking about now are ways that you can serve fresh ads on all of your past episodes. So if people are listening to popular episodes from a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, you can still serve fresh ads and work with advertisers to create um, new campaigns with all of your podcast episodes in your catalog as a podcaster. So exactly. And it has a a start and end date and you have the ability to change the creative throughout. Um, Whereas uh, with the baked in ad as part of the content, if the message is as simple as drink Coca-Cola, then, you know, it's really not going to change much. (laughs) Even better yet, if that brand is willing to commit for the year, uh, if you can get them to lock them in for a, a long-term contract, then I say absolutely go for it. But with most advertisers, they like DAI because they have more control over the timing of it and the creativity of the ad. And to answer your initial question, I give you a long-winded <laughs> answer. Is, um, it's it's really a function of how you can maximize, get the highest CPM uh, with the inventory that you have available. And in, in most cases, folks will fill up their, their DR, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, the mid-rolls with you know, direct response ads, and then you know, the rest will flow out to you know, programmatic, which is you know, the pre and post. Yeah. Rob, as a podcaster, for a lot of podcasters out there who are like, okay, there's all these options. There's all this technology. There's all these ads. How do you go about putting together a strategy like Carrie was saying, right? So what what does that look like from the podcaster side in terms of, you know, being able to maximize your revenue, but also, you know, have the ads be, you know, have that flexibility, but also maybe you want to work directly with brands. Maybe you have your own deals on the side, but you also want to use programmatic. Yeah, I think it is... A- it can be a very powerful thing to do to have a blended strategy and what you're doing with podcast advertising. And I think it's also a progression uh, from the beginning of being a podcaster too. The opportunities are usually less for the host reads or the, the baked in um, ads when you're just getting started. It just depends on if you're able to do direct sales to friendly brands that you already have a relationship with that you, you can maybe sell on a per episode basis, uh, which many podcasters have done. I've done it in my own podcast before and, yeah. and, and then kind of progress your way into more advanced type of our, our relationships with ad sales agencies that can sell campaigns uh, into host reads. Uh, and that can also include 
the dynamic ad insertion campaigns too, uh, pre-recorded host read ads. Uh, so th- there's all sorts of ways to slice and dice this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but really, really the big um, point of this is to really have a progression through this that's reasonable. And one of the advantages of the the programmatic side is that uh, really most any show can start with with the programmatic kind of technology with their show at at smaller levels and then work your way into advertising and then eventually when your show grows big enough then you can do some other you know type of things with the d the dynamic ad insertion technologies um and sell at a higher cpm rates and stuff like that because like on what carrie was saying is that the cpm rates for the programmatic side are are a little bit less but i think we've seen over the last couple of years the cpms on even even the programmatic side have been growing as the um, popularity of it grows i think we may see um, those cpms go up over time and that's that's a hopeful sign and it will actually give more podcasters access to advertising in their podcast if they want it because right now it's it's sometimes tough for um, all levels of podcasters to get access to generating some revenue for their show yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's so important because, you know, we're talking about some really, you know, technical things here today, right? <laughs> Going over SSPs and DSPs and CPMs and DAI, and there's a lot of acronyms. So don't feel overwhelmed, right? For any podcaster out there, pick a point to start, right? I think, Rob, what you said is great. If you want to start with programmatic, you know, pick pick one thing and then your show and and your campaign and your monetization will grow with that. So. It is really important to just meet your audience and advertisers where you are. And don't get overwhelmed. If you have any questions, of course, we're here to help. So you can always email us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. We have a lot of resources on our site, which we'll put here in the in the notes today. But um, it's definitely something where, you know, creating that that mosaic, right, of different ad strategies can take time. So start with what feels good. Feels good for for you as a podcaster, for your audience, for the brands that you're working with. I think that's that's such an important point. And that kind of leads into my last question. So Rob, start us off here. Um, in terms of measuring the success of advertising campaigns, what are some, I guess, suggestions or best practices you would say about how to make data-driven decisions to improve your podcast monetization as a podcaster? So you know, you're at the point where you've started a campaign or you're thinking about advertising, you know, what are the numbers that you're looking for as a podcaster? And then, and then Carrie, we'll talk to you on the brand side. Um, what are those numbers you're looking for to help you improve your monetization and improve the impact of those ads and the experience for your listeners? Yeah, it can be a complicated thing to navigate at the very beginning because you've got yeah. different um, thresholds that that exist in the advertising business um, to to hit with your show to hit different types of opportunities. So, I mean, at the programmatic level, like I was saying earlier, that there's not a, a a huge limit to hit, but once you get into wanting to do, you know, um, have like ad representation and things like that, it can be like. 10, 20,000 downloads per episode, that kind of thing. And, and so that's a pretty high, high level to, to reach right out of the gate for most yeah. podcasts. So that's kind of how you have to look at it is you have to start out where you're at and build on top of that. And, and hopefully over um, time, you've, you've been able to build some momentum. And I think the big thing is to just focus on, especially in the early days of your podcasting effort, is focus on building the relationship with the audience and growing the audience. And because that's going to present 
more opportunities for you um, on the revenue side over over time. And yes, and there's lots of approaches to monetization. It doesn't have to be just advertising. I mean, there can be other things. You can create some products that you sell yourself and and services or whatever the podcasters have been doing for a long time. Um, you can also manage your own campaigns and things like that through Podbean as well. It's it's a lot of um, assessing wh- where you are and and trying to um, maximize what you can do. Like you know, like Carrie was talking about about you know really maximizing the yeah. revenue from each of your locations of any kind of ad opportunity that you're putting out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a great point, how interconnected your audience and download numbers are to monetization, right? Because advertisers are buying the number of impressions, right? The number of downloads of their ads. So audience growth is so interconnected with monetization. So as a podcaster, um, know that these things take time, right? You're not going to come in or, you know, a very large percentage of podcasters, almost everybody's not going to come out of the gate with 10,000 downloads a month. These things really take time. And we've interviewed people who are consistently getting 500,000, a million downloads a month, and they all start somewhere. So I think that that's a really important point. You know, wherever you are in this moment, it's not where you're going to be forever. It, building your show is, is, and the content of your show, of course, is number one, right? Because that's what's going to, like Carrie said, retention is key. That's what's going to bring people back, you know, week after week, episode after episode. So that's that's really important as well. Yeah. Carrie, tell us a little bit about the metrics um, from a brand side. Yeah. I, I Just to uh, add on to uh, what Robert mentioned is that, you know, media buyers look at, Unfortunately or unfortunately, they look at two things. They look at the downloads and they look at the CPMs. Yeah. And that I think it is an important metric for a podcaster. But I think early on, probably one of the most important metrics is engagement. You know, how long am I holding on to these listeners? Are they listening for just the first quarter? How many, what episodes did they listen to? So you get a better understanding of what type of content is of interest to them. So I think all there are a lot more analytics that a podcaster can take a look at to help uh, improve their show um, or or to better understand their audience. Um, And from a, a brand perspective or an advertiser perspective, they're looking at ROI. At the end of the day, they want to know, this is how much I spent in podcasting and this has been my return. And how they track return is either through revenue or through attribution or brand study. And attribution, which we have tools at Podbean, is we have the ability to put on tracking pixels where we can see uh, as what listeners have come, listened to the show, may not have converted. And what I mean by conversion is that they either called an 800 number or they bought through the URL, they actually converted, purchased. Um, Attribution could also mean that you listened to the show, you went away, and then you came back um, after another campaign, like that second campaign. You know, typically in DR, back in the old days, they'd say, first time you heard the ad, you know, second time you, you'd write it down on a piece of paper. Now you've got your phone. So like this three times doesn't really work, but it does <laughs> to some degree. And then thirdly, you'd buy it. But there, there is some truth to that. I mean, even with your phone, you may, you know, first time it's going to be awareness. Second time you're going to say, ah, oh, you know, that looks pretty interesting and take a snapshot of it, whatever the case may be. Then the third time you actually purchase it. So that's, that's still frequency that's the importance of frequency is that you want to make sure that people hear it and they have the ability to actually retain it versus the first time 
it doesn't work. But yeah, so ROI, attribution, and brand studies. And brand studies are typically when a, a big brand will do a pre and post brand uh, campaign. Uh, so they'll, they'll have a, a certain audience that they'll say, have you ever heard of this product? Have you purchased it? Blah, blah, blah. And then they'll run the campaign and then they'll, they'll hit that, you know, group again and say, you know, what did you think of this ad or blah, blah, you know? So, and the beauty of DR is that, you, you know, exactly as opposed to back in the old days, the, the brand studies, people would say, oh yeah, I saw your ad in 60 minutes. Meanwhile, you know, they saw it on cops, you know, <laughs> maybe the, that may be the case with, with podcasting too, is that they may be embarrassed to say where they heard the ad. But the reality is that, you know, you really, as a, as a brand or an advertiser, you want to know exactly what's working, what's not working. Right. That's uh, another long about ans- uh, way of answering. No, your no, it totally makes sense. And, and I think what's so great about podcasting ad solutions and specifically programmatic, which is what we're talking about today, is that there really is that opportunity to get that data. It's really incredible. We're in such an exciting time. Well, this has just been such a pleasure for everybody out there. If you have any questions, of course, pop them in the chat. Um, and you can always email us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Um, Carrie and Rob, thank you both so much for joining us. I'm going to read our brief outro and then we'll wrap up for today. So thanks everyone for joining us at Podcasting Smarter and our March live event, Maximizing Your Podcast Reach, The Power of Programmatic Advertising with our SVP of Advertising, Carrie Tracy, and our SVP of Content and Partnerships, Rob Greenlee. As we discussed programmatic advertising, what it is and how you can use it to monetize your podcast. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions and events like this one with top podcasters and experts. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast. If you joined late or want to have another listen to this conversation, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and the Podcasting Smarter podcast. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for more podcasting tips and best practices soon. Thanks for joining us for this replay of our live event episode. If you have any questions about podcasting and want to get in touch with the Podbean team, reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Happy podcasting.